You're listening to Redline Radio, the premier automotive podcast. Everybody, my name is Garrett, and welcome to Redline Radio, episode number three. three. And this is gonna be awesome. I'm feeling it right now. It's gonna be. I'm ready. Amazing. I'm ready. I'm Garrett, and this, I'm Emmanuel. Yep, this is Emmanuel, and we have done this twice now. And some of you who are listening, the eight of you, yes, eight of you. I never actually, I never thought we'd get more than five. Thank but you, thank you, all of you. We love you. Very much. We got brand new sound equipment, and it's flipping amazing. Doesn't it sound lovely? It's I, I got it for way too good of a deal, and uh, I basically stole from them. And I may be getting a phone call saying that they <laughs> charged me incorrectly. I don't know, but it's been a couple. It's been about a week now since I've had it, right? Yep, this is our first episode with it. First episode with it. Done plenty of tests. We got all the sound stuff straightened out, so we should be ready to get started. I'm right? ready. So. Let's jump right into it then, into the intro. Emmanuel, what did you do this week? Anything car related? Ooh, I got coilovers that showed up to my door uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Uh, the UPS guy came and I was like, hmm, that's weird. Um, I didn't expect it to be here that fast. And then I came to the door in their big box and I was like, yeah, they're so really nice. How much your coilover is going to drop your ride? A lot. They're... Adjustable for the full height of the coilover, so that's like a max of eight inches, and that's how oh high my car my is off the ground. <laughs> so if you I could, could literally put literally my car on the ground if I wanted to, wow! Yeah. Do you even have enough space in your wheel well for that? Nope. That's why I'm not doing that. <laughs> Would you cut out space in your wheel well so you could do that? Yeah, yeah. Fender mods are all part of the game. It's all part of it. That's intense. It's gonna be real low. Install happening Monday. Dang, am I going to be there for that? Are you going to invite yeah, me? Yeah, dude, you got to be there. Yes, no job. I just quit my job, for those of you who don't know, because I'm going off to college. So, well, don't worry. For those of you who just burst into tears at the thought of the podcast not happening, it'll still happen. Do not worry, I promise. I'll keep doing it. As far as me goes, um, all I'll say is that I maybe am on the market for a prelude. I got to keep that money set aside for the Taurus because I know this is going to last two years. Yeah, but it's gone. It's pretty much half and half at this point. 
streetcar and then project car that we had promised if this keeps happening. So, I'm kind of excited, but that's all I'm going to say. I'm just going to tease at it. I'm just going to hint. I'm in the market for a prelude, a, a nice priced prelude. I don't care if it's used. I'm probably just going to jack it up anyways. So, anything else in the intros? Hi, everybody. I love you all. Every single one of you. Um, if you don't know that we're on iTunes, just search on iTunes under podcasts. But right there, if you have an iPhone, it's pretty, it's going to be mandatory for you to have the podcast app. So you're going to be like, what is a podcast? Then you wouldn't be listening to our show. Tell your wife. Tell your kids. Tell your grandma. Tell your mom. Tell your grandma's grandma if she's still around. Wow, that would be intense. <laughs> if any of you have great-great-grandmas, please send us an email. I would love to hear your story that's about pretty your great-great-grandma. Cool. And tell all your car-loving friends. To all listen to us. Or, or about your great-great-grandma. Yeah. Tell them about that, too. That's pretty cool. Both. 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 Or than hell, because we're in Texas. So, I say we get into the news. Uh, do you want to start off, Emmanuel? Yes, I can. Okay, the 2016 Acura NSX prototype burns to a crisp on the Nuremberg. Um, the company's basically saying... All the supercars, you know, for it to get it right, you have to go through it for a few production, like pre-production models, have to catch them on fire every once in a while, you know? Well, I mean, look at it this way. Thomas Edison broke the light bulb a hundred times before he got it right. I think he, more than that. I don't know. Yeah, way You get the point. A lot. He, he broke the light bulb a crap ton times before he was able to get it, and now it's used in every home. And I mean, and Honda's even using this example, Ferrari, Lamborghini, Porsche, they all burned cars in their production stages. Like It's just for some reason bigger, because it's the NSX. Yeah, Everyone's freaking and, and this out. is a long-awaited comeback for a car. Well, we've seen commercials for it since two Super Bowls ago. Yeah. <laughs> of Jerry Seinfeld buying the Buying NSX the first from, NSX, yeah. yeah. Jay Leno's <laughs> trying to get it one. on his jetpack. That, that was a good one. That was a good commercial. If you haven't seen it, YouTube it. Oh, man. That was a Super Bowl, right? Or was that just yeah, regular? Yeah, that was okay. Super Bowl. That's what I thought. That hyped up that car a lot, and it was nowhere near done. Yeah. Like, even the little body twerks that they've done to it, it's... It's, it's changed since then. Yeah. It's a different car. They made it seem like it was ready to go out that year. Yeah, but it's not Didn't even... Didn't they even advertise it as the 2015 Acura NSX? Yeah, but then they changed it. They're like, oh, yeah, we're, we need to get this right. Good so thing, So we're going to wait, yeah. Good thing, too. <laughs> it's already 2014. They're catching on fire on the track still. So it's 2016 Pushing now, right? production to 2016. Um, they released specs for it. It's going to be a 3.5 liter V6, mid-engine, twin-turbo, and a hybrid. So for those of you who are gas mileage savvy and have half a million dollars to drop on a car. 100,000 plus. 100,000 plus. Half a million. Because you want to get all the doodads. True. Flame flams. You're going to drop it if you're listening to this show. If you have that much money, just go ahead and send it to us. We'll do an amazing project car for you. And we'll even do videos. We'll buy a camera. We'll do everything. So if you want to buy an NSX, be, that would be don't. Intense. Don't buy an NSX. Send us the money and we'll buy a 96 NSX. And then do it right. Do it right. Do it and, and then we'll send it to you. Maybe. Maybe we'll drive it to you. We'll have you an NSX. Or... Done the right way. Or we will put you in a bag and never <laughs> you'll never be seen again because <laughs> oh we may my. want to keep it that bad <laughs> that's the risk you take when you mess with the red line radio crew <laughs> yeah or element right is that our crew name now inceptive elements inceptive elements i don't know 
I don't know if we should keep that. I don't know. We need a crew name, guys. Like a car crew name. We used to be... Something creative. We used to be Noise Bomb. That was... That got played out really fast. Yeah, we <laughs> used that for years, ever since we were little kids. Yeah, no. That was and cute. Then um, then we were uh, Inceptive Elements for a little bit. And there's four of us right now, so something that has to do with four, you know... Four... And cars and low. Well, all of us are low except for a couple of us. <laughs> I'm low, relatively speaking, low. Comparatively low. To a truck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, get it. And then Ricky. Even Richard. Ricky's not low. Richard Rick- Martinez, co-host in episode one. His new truck. <gasps> we need to talk about that. He's not here. He's I think we're going to save it for next episode. I don't I don't feel right talking about yeah, this truck while he's not, not here. here. Okay. Yeah. All I'm going to say is if you're not on our Twitter page, look at it. I already put it on Twitter. If you de- if you're not on our Twitter page, stop listening. Tell them the Twitter name. Oh yeah. It's okay. I I know it's lame, but you need to listen. It's Redline Radios. Redline Radios. With an S. With an S at the end. I know. I'm sorry. Redline Radio was taken. By a very band. sad. It, and it, they haven't posted since like 2009. Twitter needs to fix that. I think I'm going to ask Twitter. Delete. I'm going to be like, yo, Twitter, can I change my name to Redline Radio and delete their account? And they're probably going to say no. But then I'll ask when we have about 100 followers. And then I'll ask again when we have about 500. And then they'll probably say yes. Because we'll have like 8 million Twitter followers. And well, who knows? Maybe it'll stick. Yeah, maybe it'll just be Redline Radios for forever. Maybe I'll put like five S's at the end just to slap them in the face. <laughs> Redline Radios, but that's that news story that we got completely off topic on. <laughs> yeah. But hey, that's cool. That's cool. I I promised after episode one that I wouldn't derail our tangents because they're always so much fun to have. They are pretty fun. So, going in a completely opposite direction. The Ford F-Series Super Duty prototype was reduced to a smoldering mess of aluminum and steel. It bursted into flames. Not I'm completely d- different not news. Not completely different direction different cars burning into flames. It, it, okay, I've got, I've got some times listed here. At four minutes, it became an unrecognizable heap of metal that more resembled a car than a truck. At 21 minutes, the fire had just died out. And it had completely burned to the ground, producing what it looked more like an aluminum coating to the asphalt than an actual vehicle. That's pretty bad. It literally (laughs) completely melted. 100% melted. That's an inferno of a Ford F-150. It says that the, the vehicle bursted into flames, some engine problem, they don't know what yet. It burnt... It immediately obviously it killed the power the engine stopped working duh and then uh, yeah. he was driving at 60 so he hit the brakes because he felt everything not work and then <laughs> it instantly burnt through the heat shield and then started burning into the uh, into the cabin into the cabin and so he basically abandoned ship but by that point he was already going like 15 miles an hour and so he just abandoned ship and then ran and then it didn't blow up though there were no explosions it's a little weird but it did catch I mean, least, into a fireball. I mean, it did say they caught into a fireball. So yeah. I don't know if it was like a tapered explosion of sorts. But it's, from what I can tell, there's... I mean, they specifically said 
we're confirmed the source of the we ha- we can't confirm the source of the blaze, but we're curious as if the car's black vinyl cladding meant to obscure the secrets within contributed to the fire. Also, we are unable to identify why there was no blast. So, <laughs> so they're trying to blame like the spy covering for the vehicle for the fire. Yeah. Oh, that's a first. I think it's... They said it contributed to the fire. Probably didn't help at all, but... I don't think it would have really mattered. That was the main cause. Especially, I mean, if the fire was already going and it burned through the heat shield. The heat shield's underneath all that. Not on top of heat rises. Yeah. So... Well, that just says two things. One, their heat shields need to be reworked a little bit. And two... Just needs a little bit more time. Don't it buy happens. a Ford. I'm just kidding. That's why those test drivers get paid so much money. Like yeah, it's minimum all wage. Part of the production you know? stage. <laughs> it's it's a dirty job. Ooh, sorry if I just kicked the mic. It's a dirty job and someone has to do it. So I think that's pretty much it. Any more thoughts on that? No, I don't got nothing for that one. Well, that's one last Ford um that we have to worry about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One less Ford to be dropped in this world. Yes. Go. Okay, I got some Dodge news. And this is pretty sad, really. Uh, when I saw this, I kind of shuddered a little bit. That's very sad. Um, Everyone take off your hats. 93 of the first generation Vipers are being destroyed. Let that sink in for a second. Step back. Just pause the video. Or actually, audio. Just just walk away. It's okay if you cry. <laughs> I might. I mean, we just talked about it earlier, but it's still. I, 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 when I was a kid, loved Vipers, especially those old ones. They're crazy. First gen Vipers. Oh, that V10. And the new ones, too. The new Vipers. Oh, my God. What are they? Five liter V10s now? Eight liters. Oh, eight liters. Sorry. Sorry. Let me back up for a second. As if five liters wasn't big enough. Yeah. (laughs) Eight liter V10. That's ridiculous. What the heck? But we're talking about Gen 1. First Gen. Keep going. Um, now, the reason being is the these are pre-production, most of them. They were originally donated to schools around the country for use in educational programs. Wouldn't that be awesome if you were at your like college or maybe maybe Elementary school. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're in your high school shop class, and then they drive by, and they're like, here you go. Here's a we like, donated this viper to you. Zero 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 five zero zero four zero zero four. And then they're like, "Do what you want with it. Learn." It's it. It was basically a race car. Yeah. Um, and the reason the reason that they destroyed them was, um, most of them were built without emission control systems or speed limiters, and uh, two of them managed to make it onto roads and. You know, big surprise, they're in accidents. So, make it, the way they say that, make it onto the roads, it sounds like they were at those schools, and then they weren't at those schools anymore, and they were on the road. Yeah. That's not cool, first off. So, you can blame those people for... for these vipers being crushed. The millions of dollars that were sued against... Them, Chrysler. Against Chrysler, and... Now all those Vipers are being slowly but surely crushed. Because Chrysler still technically owned the vehicle, it cost them millions of dollars in liable damages. Um, so rather than risk it happening again, they destroyed all of them, including VIN number 004, 
a pre-production model, the fourth car ever built, the fourth Viper ever, worth about a quarter of a million dollars. Quarter of a... I, I think there are people out there who would buy it for more than that. Yeah, they would, they would pay more. But that's just estimated... And that's, that's just like that's still a lot of money for a eh, Viper. You know, if you like put it on auction, like dealership to dealership, Meekum, Meekum auctions. Meekum might eat that crap up. They love their they love muscle, muscle cars. cars. I mean, that's all you see on Meekum, really. When's the last time you saw like a skyline on a Meekum auction? Almost never. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't think. I, I don't mean, think. I'm sure there's one. ever. I'm sure there's been one on there. Yeah. I'm not gonna say because Meekum's been around for forever. I mean, I'm sure there's been a skyline. But it probably sold for like $80,000. Yeah, you see him buying the muscle cars, spending tons of money on muscle cars. Man, if I saw a 1973 Skyline, Skyline GTR, Kaisuka. oh my god, That'd I would awesome. bid everything on that car. That's if, For those of you who don't know, I put this vehicle on my bucket list. If I ever make more than six figures in my life, I will own a 1973 Nissan Skyline 2000 GTR. I want a 1970. I'll get a 73. I can't can't decide whether I want to paint it silver or that blue color that it comes in. I think mine would be white. Just like white cars. Did I say silver? Yeah, silver. I meant white. White's hot. I was like, white with the silver trim, and I said silver. Why would I paint the whole car silver? Like chrome? (laughs) 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 Obviously... And some of you are going to hate me for this. I'm debating on whether I would leave it alone. And I'm actually favoring more towards me modifying it. Yeah. <laughs> Less me leaving it alone. I would probably modify mine, I too. would probably lower it and put some old school rims on it. Especially <sighs> if it wasn't in, like, the best condition. Window tints. Because they're just hard to find. What if it was in, like, brand new condition? What then I, I, just I felt... wouldn't touch it. No? I wouldn't touch it. Like, serial number 0001. <laughs> That's in a Nissan museum in Japan, I'm sure. What about number two? That's probably some private collectors. But if it was like in the first hundred production models, I wouldn't touch it. First thousand. First thousand even, I wouldn't touch it. That's why you need to check your blocks when you buy old cars, because some people don't. Yeah. And you may get a car that's in the first thousand production, and no one else cares, but you should care. Yeah, that's, as a car person, like kind of if you're deal. selling, if you're Corvette to Corvette, for example, and you try to say, "Yeah, it's serial number nine hundred something or other," most people would be like, "Meh, it's not in the top one hundred. I don't care." You should care though, and anybody else who loves cars should be like, "Oh my god, nineteen, what's the number? Seventy four Scott or Corvette, and it's like number nine seventy six in production, and you, they should eat it up, but they probably won't." So. Don't get mad at me if they don't buy it. <laughs> you know, it's whatever. But, regardless, I've got one more story for you. And then we can stop the humor yammering and get into what you actually want to hear, which I think this podcast is starting to focus more on. The actual workings of the car. So, Bentley is forging ahead with a new US SUV. And it's not technically new. They said they were going to build an SUV like two years ago so it's been in production for quite some time i think it was at the tokyo auto show where they brought the bentley suv that they had last year that looks nothing like the one they have now or was it at the european auto show i don't know it was one of them i don't think it was europe though i think it was something weird like it was at tokyo auto show with like toyotas and nissans and there was this bentley suv 
And that's why I think they did that, was to make a big scene. But it's been a long time since we've seen anything new about it. And this one's completely blacked out, obviously. It's gaffed up. I don't know why they even did that. This vehicle's so early in production, it's going to look nothing like what they have right now. But, (laughs) oh my gosh. This new... This new one that's coming out has two engine options. You can get a V8. Okay, okay, all right, all right. It has hybrids, V8s, and W12s to drive the British automaker's first production SUV up to 200 miles per hour. (laughs) Your kids will never be late to school again. Ever. Soccer practice? Forget about it. 200 miles an hour. The cops can't catch you. They can't. I'm sorry. They can't. I don't care what they say. Just think if you weight reduced that car. You threw all the seats out of it. You took away all that extra crap. But you could get to like 220 by losing all that weight. Yeah. Ran on like a tenth of a tank. Cut down. Just remove the gas tank. Put one of those fuel cells in there. Yeah. Run racing fuel. Boom. Then we'd have another car burst into flames. (laughs) Man. 200 miles an hour. In an SUV. That's like... SUVs don't handle very well. A fast wall. Yeah. SUVs... I'm very curious to see how much this weighs. Like, if it weighs three-fourths... If it weighs three-fourths of as much as my Expedition did, this is not going to handle well at high speeds. No, I don't think it will. And, of course, Bentley's going to do, like, premium... It's like suspension. sports suspension and brakes, huge it'll be brakes. Really stiff. It's gonna be pretty firm, but not as firm as their sports cars or anything like that. I think they're gonna make it ridiculously stiff to compensate for all that extra weight. Like I know most people say you have to have more give with all the extra weight, but if they're gonna, I mean, if they're gonna make a vehicle that goes 200 miles an hour, they're gonna have to cater it for people who want to go 200 miles an hour. And if you were coming around that corner and you were going too fast, would you rather have a very a tight suspension or a very, very loose, bouncy suspension? Well, the answer for that's obvious. Duh. The tight suspension is always oh, the best. What? Oh, I thought you were going <laughs> to say loose. Just kidding. Wank. I'm totally. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that, was, that was a complete joke. And this story just came out two hours ago, so this is pretty new news, sort of. At least as far as it's being covered on the websites. So you'll probably see it 24 hours from now because I'll have it up by then. Four o'clock tomorrow, I'll definitely have it on the website. And it'll probably be on iTunes. So So if you had to pick between a Porsche SUV, this here Bentley SUV, or say Rolls-Royce made an SUV. And price wasn't an issue? Price was not an issue. You had a million dollars to spend on a family SUV, all of which is above the price range of those cars. Okay. Speaking of which, we don't know what the price is going to be, but I can't see it being nearly as much as their quote-unquote sports cars are. I can't see it being less, honestly. Really? Yeah. Because think about it. It's the engine from their sports cars, but... In a massive... In a massive... Gas-guzzling body. Yeah, and with all the doodads, you have like eight seats. Instead of having five really nice seats, you have eight really nice seats. Four-wheel advanced traction control. Yeah. Bet you there's still a wine cooler on the inside. Is there an umbrella rack still? 
That's Rolls blood. Royce. Oh, Rolls Royce. Well, we did talk about Rolls Royce SUV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm sure that would have a umbrella, umbrella holder. holder. I think that's what I think it's pretty cool. For a million dollars, I would pick. Okay, I'm just gonna speak it, and then I'll. I'll Porsches would be more sporty, less luxury, less luxury. But it would still be luxury, but it would yeah. be way more sporty. Like it would be slimmed down. I think it would look really sharp. It'd probably have bigger wheels, to be honest. It has a turbo. Yeah. The Porsche Cayenne Turbo. I'm thinking of, I'm like, if they if they made brand new SUVs, like if they all made just brand new SUVs, like, and they all came out at the exact same time. Right. Completely new chassis and all that stuff. I think that the Porsches would be very aggressive to, to, to differentiate themselves from the luxury SUVs, like... You know, I mean, we're talking way above every other SUV. Well, you'd still there. have the Porsche front end look, and that's just that's just a defining thing in itself. Well, like yeah. every like you see that front end, you and like, you know, and you it's, know a it's a Porsche. Yeah. And then Rolls Royce would be just a freaking tank. That thing would have every a land bell yacht and whistle <laughs> you would ever want on it. Land yacht suits it well. I bet you there's. In a be- in something like that, I bet you there would even be a fold down option for a bed that even had its own seatbelt or something. Yeah, <laughs> like a comfort seatbelt that had like a, a, a like a fluffy cotton wrap around it that you could buckle yourself in while you were sleeping. Yeah, that's actually a great idea. If anyone wants to do that, you know how much I would love to sleep and be safe during, you know, like trips like that. Fold down the back two seats and have your spouse sleep in the back and have a seatbelt on at the same time. Have your driver chauffeur you around. <laughs> yeah. Or have the back seats swivel so you can like have the, turn the middle seat into like a little coffee table. And what car does that? Well, there is a car. There is a car that does that, but I can't remember oh, what it is. It's a Chrysler Town and Country minivan. This one's that's that was an option. Middle. That was an option for it. Yeah, and it was awesome. A couple of years ago, yeah, it was awesome. That is pretty cool. And no one bought it. I like that idea. No, I would, I would have bought one. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It had four cup holders, one for each corner. Yeah, that's what pretty. could you ask for? <laughs> what more could you ask for in life? Seriously, you play cards. Eight cup holders. <laughs> Dang. All right, you got me on that one. Their cup holders still couldn't fit a Route 44 from Sonic. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, but can or, any cup holder? Not really. No. <laughs> they need to make like custom. Like you could pay fifty dollars and get Sonic cup holders in your car. <laughs> Put a water bottle in there, and it just jiggles around the whole ride. And yeah. flies out. It was crazy. I went on a road trip in my Scion and uh, to Arkansas. We didn't talk about this, but it was before the last episode and we got big big sodas from a gas station because they have huge sodas at these gas stations the big chug or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like from a 7-eleven yeah 7-eleven like, like the 44 yeah. ounce or something <laughs> yeah. like that that's ridiculous and so we we put we tried to put our cup in the oh my God. in the, the cup holders right underneath the dash and it was like boop and it was sticking like straight 45 degree diagonal and i was like there's no way tried putting it in the side holder nope like, a, even worse. Almost spilled everywhere. Terrible. Then there was one middle spot that it kind of fit in, sort of. It, like, rested in there a little bit. And then the other one had... So, I got... Since I was driving the whole way, the whole seven hours, I um, I could put my cup in the cup holder, and he got to carry his for the whole way. <laughs> and then we stopped at this place and got ribs, and it was so good. Man, so good. But we're getting off topic. At least I am. <laughs> ribs. Point being... <laughs> They need to make Sonic-sized cup holders. This should be an option. I would have paid an extra $200, $1,000. No. No, okay. not $1,000. I would have paid an extra $500 for my car to have Sonic cup holders. Automakers, take note. 
why don't you make Sonic-sized cup holders and have inserts for regular cups? And then you can just take the insert out whenever you got a Sonic-sized cup. My mom's old van had that, but the like the cup holder when you took out the insert still wasn't big enough for a 7-Eleven 44-ounce. It was big enough for Route 44, though. So I could live with a Route 44. Toyota, Toyota thought about it. They did it. Okay. All right, so... So which one have we not covered? The Bentley one. I think the Bentley would be the hybrid between Porsche sportiness. I mean, we're looking at it, so I can say this knowingly. It's the combination between the Porsche's sportiness and the Bentley's, or not the Bentley, the Rolls Royce's luxury. Luxury. If it was me, I would own a land yacht. Yeah. I would get the Rolls Royce. I really like Rolls Royce. (laughs) I mean, considering the fact that you'd be paying double for the vehicle anyways, probably. Yeah, (laughs) close to it. You might as well just go big or go home. It it would literally be... And and if you hit anything, I don't think you'd have to worry about it. No, you'd be completely safe. The other Rolls-Royce vehicles are like two tons, right? I can see yeah. this one going on two and a half, three. Some of their sedans are almost two and a half tons. Jesus. That's ridiculous. Three tons? You think a three-ton SUV? Three-ton SUV, probably. Because they don't care about weight. They just put a bigger engine in. Yep. Like, to compensate, that's all it is. That's what they did with the last Rolls-Royce, really. I mean, and then they put an umbrella holder in there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, especially since it's a family car that I'm trying to trying to get here, like, that's all I would care about. I wouldn't care about the speed of it or the sportiness of it. I would just want the luxury and the comfort and the safety. Okay, now how garbage do you think the gas mileage is going to be on that Rolls Royce? Oh, terrible. Like, terrible. 11 miles to the gallon if you're lucky. No, not that bad. Like 13? It's a it's a high. 15? It's a high. Do you think they would do a hybrid? I can't see him doing a hybrid. One of their big big V like big big engines with a hybrid. I can kind of see him doing it, but at the same time I just can't. Everyone's going hybrid. I just can't. That's true, but that's Rolls-Royce. Everybody's going hybrid. Know. I've even heard rumors of is Aston Martin making a hybrid? I've heard rumors. Not that of, I've heard. Of. I've heard rumors of Aston Martin hybrids, and also my K and N rumor is still unconfirmed. I've gotten results. I've gotten people saying that it's true. I've got even a person who claims it's from who who works for a, a distributor who has to deal with stuff like that who said it's true. And I also got emails saying that it's false. It's horribly false. So I mean, I don't know what to think. That your warranty isn't lifetime anymore. Yeah. Oh gosh, I keep forgetting. You know. We got to make sure everybody, like this, could be anybody's first episode. So yeah. we gotta we gotta recap if we talk about stuff like that. Yeah. Rumor episode one that I threw out there that enraged a couple of people and made a couple of people agree with me was that K and N was dropping their one million mile lifetime warranty on their uh, filters filters, and they were going to change it for a hundred and fifty thousand mile warranty. That's a big step down. A huge I mean, step down. I couldn't see me using 150,000 miles on a single filter anyways. It would probably something would happen to it in between then. Yeah. But why? You know? Uh, okay, and I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there because it's still not confirmed. And if it's not confirmed by now, it's probably not true. Yeah. Because it's been quite a few weeks and some information would have come up by now. So I'm just going to keep it out there. I've heard distributors with K&N say that it is true and that they aren't talking about it and they're going to implement it soon and I've heard some people say that it's horribly false I don't care 
my filter will never last more than 150,000 miles, but it may change whether I buy a K&N filter versus a Weapon R filter next time. Yeah. Just say, just say in K&N. Just say it if you're listening. I love your stuff. That's why I bought one. Yeah. But it would make me consider a Weapon R filter anymore. That was one of my selling points on your K&N. I went up to a manual shop and I was like, hey, it's a K&N filter, right? He's like, yeah. Lifetime warranty. And I'm like, yeah. okay. Threw my money at him and put the filter on. Basically. It's it's amazing. That was a good day. It was a good day. Good day. Last time I did anything on my car. Seat rails. That's a sad day. That's next. Seat rails are next. Yeah. Lower those seats. That's an approved modification. I'm too tall, for those of you who don't know me. I'm six foot four now. So sitting in a little green bean like that, <laughs> it, I need to lower those seats. So I need to get seat mounts that lower the rails and... Uh, so I can actually see stoplights without having to tilt my head to the side. And you can't see that, but I just tilted my head like perfectly sideways. So that's how it basically is. It's pretty terrible. Oh, man. Anything else for the news? Nope. That's Any rumors? Conclusion for the news. Tips? Tricks? Advice? All right. Well, I guess we're done with the show today. Then. No, I'm just <laughs> totally kidding. Everyone's like, what? Where's the newbie section? What's going on? Well, it's coming up right now. You know, we got one review on iTunes, and all that they said was, like... I mean, I'm not saying all that they said. They gave us a five-star review. They said it was nice. good content. Very nice. But the audio quality sucked. Hey, hey, guess what, Problem Mr. Guy? solved, Problem guy. Problem solved. New equipment right here. So, if you're still listening... Thank you for listening in the first place. And thank you for reviewing us. You yeah, know, that was stars. very helpful. That was legit. I mean, that's one more person that actually exposes us even more to people on iTunes, and I thank you a lot for that. Uh, also, if you're listening to this, go ahead and give us a five-star review and subscribe on iTunes. Thank you very much. But <laughs> Shameless self-plug. Yes, yeah, shameless self-plug. That's going to happen all the time while we're still growing because we want this to be something that everyone can enjoy and use it as an information short source because we love doing it. I remember when I pitched the idea and we were like, okay, let's try it. And yeah. now we're doing it and it's so much fun. It's pretty cool. It's so much fun. We have a fun time. Mm-hmm. Talking about what we love. So, let's see what time we're at now. Holy cow, 30 minutes of news. I think that's a record. That is a lot of news. We know, well, it's and a ramble. lot of crap, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we usually do about 15 minutes of news, so 30 minutes of news. I hope you guys lived through that. I know some of you probably cried at the, um, the Viper, Viper part. Yeah, and then some of you probably laughed at everything else, but... I'm glad you guys stuck with it. If you're still here, be strong. We're about to start the newbie section right now. Newbie section of today. Yeah, newbie section of today. I want a drink of water. So. Can do. Let's take a break real fast. I'm going to pause the recording and then we'll get right back into it. Okay? Back into it. All right, we're back. Sorry about the break. I was dying of dehydration. It's like the Sahara Desert in Texas today, and I obviously was not drinking enough water. Speaking of water, Emmanuel chose a cup that would not fit in my cup holder. <laughs> Tying it back to what we were talking about earlier. It's this massive purple cup that I have. It's ridiculous. That perp. All right. So where were we? Um, we are in the newbie section. Newbie section. Newbie tech. So... If we continue on with episode one, which if you guys weren't here, we basically did a super hardcore basic of breakdown of the engine, or of the car. 
And we didn't talk about the transmission because, God, transmission. I actually bought a book just so I can learn more about transmissions for you guys. We are going to talk about the top half of the engine today. So everything from, we'll say, basically, but we're going to include the pistons as the top half of the engine. That way we can go into a little more overall of the engine so that next week we can go a little more dig deep into like theories and efficiency and stuff like that. So this week is going to be mechanical, really tech stuff of the top half of the engine. For those of you who know nothing about engines, or if you know something, maybe you'll learn something new here. And if we have time, we may throw it into a newbie section because it is kind of both. In the advanced auto, we're going to talk about inlines versus Vs versus Ws versus boxers versus rotaries and all of the differences of each. Am I missing any types? Sounds good. No. I mean, four, six, eight cylinder, we can cover that in a second why you would do each. So, I mean, power and displacement, that's really it. Okay. Getting into the newbie section, Emmanuel, please do me a favor and break down the top half of the engine when air reaches the intake valve. Well, on one side you have your intake valves, and on the other side you have the exhaust valves, both of which are pushed down by cams. Um, Most cars nowadays run dual overhead cams, meaning two cams, one cam for the intake valves, one cam for the exhaust valves. Um, Back in the day, they only had... uh, one cam usually single overhead cam and that just means that the cam some of the lobes push down the intake valves on one side and then the lobes push down the exhaust on the other side and so that's to improve on accuracy and make up for having more valves now even yeah correct yeah most cars now have more valves than they did back in the day um some cars have a lot of valves yeah like i've seen some cars with up to five valves per cylinder Five? Yeah. With three intake, two exhaust? Yep, correct. Correct. All that air. We talked about last episode why air is important, so if you want to listen to all that jazz, go ahead and go to the last episode. We talked about everything from how displacement affects air, compression, intakes, all that. So let's keep going. Goes into the intake. Air goes into um, the intake valves, going into the cylinder cylinder itself um then it's compressed by the piston then it's fired off by the spark plug once it's compressed of course and then the power stroke is after it's ignited the piston is forced down by the explosion and then the the crankshaft makes it go back up pushing the exhaust out of the exhaust valves that are opened by the crank is technically the lower half of the engine yeah. Okay. The crankshafts on the lower half, on the bottom half. Sounds good. And that's just what keeps the pistons turning, basically, in their specific... In uh, their order. It's like, imagine a rotisserie chicken. This yeah. Is, this is the idea, is that it's rotating, and the handle is where the piston would be, instead of the rotisserie, where the chicken goes on the rotisserie chicken. Yeah. That way, it changes its height as it goes. It's what allows it to rotate. It's really cool. Um... So, that's... And, it, and all the gas goes out the exit valves. Right. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Right? I mean, th- that's the gist of... The, and that's pretty much actually top and majority of the bottom. Yeah. So, we'll focus on the top when we really break it down. There are 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and jump in with the very first piece, and that's the intake valve. I consider that the first piece at the top half of the engine, correct? Right. Good. All right, because some people will argue with me, or argue with anyone, and say that it's technically part of the intake. It's both. I don't care what you say. I consider it more top half of the engine. It's part of the head, yeah. Yeah, it's it's. There are a lot of different designs for intake valves. There are even some engines that have used square intake valves. We use um, poppet valves today, which a poppet valve is basically... uh, I'm going to try to give you a representation of it, and it's a little difficult, so work with me. Make a circle with your hand, okay? And just look at that little circle that you got there. So what you're going to do is you're going to make a like a disc with your palm that goes right over the top of that circle. And there's a little rod that attaches to the top of your palm. So every time your palm opens, that's the intake valve opening and air coming in, and then it closes. And then it's the power stroke and exhaust. Open, close, open, close, open, close. It covers up a hole. That's a poppet valve. And there's certain poppet valves that narrow down as it gets farther into the engine. There's some that get wider as it goes into the engine. Don't ask me why. I don't know. I don't understand that one at all. There are some I've even I've even seen test engines that have had square ones to try to cut up the air. I don't know why. They just were like, what would happen if we made a square intake valve, a poppet valve? And they did. The only other kind of intake valve that you will ever see if you work on really, really old cars is called a, um, oh my God. It's not a poppet valve. It's the other kind of valve. I just told you about it the other day. It's the uh, sleeve valve. There we go. Sorry. I don't work on 30s cars, so it's hard for me to remember. A sleeve valve is make a circle with your hand again. And that's now imagine that there's a little cylinder inside of your circle in your hand. Your hand is a metal sleeve right now, and there's a little circle on the inside. There's two holes cut out at different lengths. Well, actually, it's just one. There's a hole cut out in the sleeve. To where every time a rod moves up and down, the hole lines up and allows air to come through. That's basically the gist of the sleeve valve. It's the same basic idea. It opens and closes. It's going back and forth and back and forth. Only one is an oiled sleeve and the other one is just closing up a hole. Obviously, poppet valves take a lot less oil. So that's why we use them today. They're more efficient. They're more accurate. They don't need to be retuned. They don't get jammed as easily and cake. So do you want to break down the next piece of... Um, well, to have functioning valves, you need cams. So cams would be, imagine a rod with a bunch of little lobes where the valves are placed. And every time the cam rotates, that lobe pushes down the valve and it's kind of a rounded off shape, the lobe is. So once it goes all the way around, it just lets the valve go back up naturally with its spring because all valves are spring-loaded, and so they mm-hmm. just pop up naturally in the uh, close position. Um, and with aftermarket cams, you can get bigger lobes, therefore opening the More valve for longer. It's very important that they are correctly tuned. If they're off, it can really throw off how your engine runs. So don't buy aftermarket cams from someone who doesn't know what they're doing. After that, you know... Once air comes into the actual cylinder itself, 
Believe it or not, most of you probably don't know this. We talked about it in a prior episode, so you may. We have a lot of car-savvy people who listen. If you know, you, you probably see like V8 Hemi on a lot of Dodge vehicles, you know? All that that means is that there is a hemispherical dome for the top of the piston, the piston head. So whenever the engine, whenever the compression goes on, it goes on in a spherical space. And what that does is it adds power and reduces, um, it adds power and it reduces gas mileage. There we go. It makes it less efficient and more powerful. I've seen cones, which do the opposite. Cone shapes give you way less power and way more fuel economy because you're able to get amazing compression at the peak, at the tip of the cone, and it just ripples from there. That is way more important. The exact shape of your cylinder and piston head is way, way, way more important than a lot of people make it out to be, and it even affects your displacement. Depending on what kind of shape you have, you'll either have more or less displacement, and 0.1 liters makes a difference on how your engine runs. I don't care who you are. You all agree. Every liter counts, and every shape and curve and dent and twist and design makes a difference in your engine. And then we have, uh, that's basically the gist of it. It's basically the top half of the engine. That was pretty easy. For some reason, I felt like that was going to take a little bit longer. I mean... It's complicated, but it's not. Yeah, it's Everything really... working together is complicated. But just breaking it down, I guess if you take it all out piece by piece, there's not really a lot inside of an engine. I mean, there's a lot of pieces, but... Tiny pieces that are all part of systems. Yeah. The you know? system in itself is, is simple. It's relatively simple. Well, like, I mean, for example, the cam has joints that we could have talked about that connect it to the engine block itself and keep everything together. And we could have talked about, you know, all of the little... Um, we could have talked about the actual system by which... Instead of, you know, not just the crank, but the actual lever system and uh, joint system that the piston rotates on... But that's not exactly essential information. If you ran into something like that, you'd very easily figure out what it was. Yeah. That's intuitive. We're talking about more of the less intuitive things. I think that's it for newbie section. It feels yeah. a little weird. I feel like there's supposed to be more that we were talking about. Can you think of anything? Mm-hmm. No, I mean... unless It was a solid 15 minutes on that part. Yeah, it, it wasn't the usual thirty that we give it, but it was still good. I mean, we still got all of our covered everything, and we're about to hit a topic that a lot of people want to know big time. You see all these numbers, and you want to know exactly what it means. So let's go ahead and go into the advanced auto, and I can see a lot of little debate and little discussion going on in this section. We are basically going to talk about the differences between inlines, V's, W's. I wish we didn't get to talk about them, but inlines, V's, W's, rotaries, and boxers, boxer engines. The big five that you will see in a car if you go to work on it. Let's just knock it out right now. Let's talk about four, six, eight, twelve, and I guess sixteen. Why do you need more pistons? More pistons, more displacement. More power. More power. Why would, you take, why would you take less pistons? Uh, efficiency. Um, besides that's that, basically that's basically it. I mean, you take less pistons for efficiency. Um, 
engines are very inefficient monsters, and they work on a curve. The you start out and you have this really great curve. And then it slowly starts to drop in efficiency the more pistons you add and the more displacement you go and blah, 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 blah. That's why the giant Bugatti Veyron is only 1,000 horsepower. If we were working off of the same amount of horsepower that you can grab from a four-cylinder and you just stuck four of those together, you would have, like, potentially a 2,500-horsepower monster, you know. But it just doesn't work like that in engineering. There we go. Boom. I'm pretty sure your head just blew up all over the place for those of you who didn't. So let's start with literally the most basic, the first, the starter, inline engines. It was the original motor design for a combustible engine by... Yeah. It was in the motor wagon. It was... It was Single cylinder. Single cylinder technically and inline because it was completely vertical. Yeah. The first multi-cylinder engine, two-cylinder was an inline three first four cylinder engine was an inline and the first six Ford. cylinder engine was an inline as well the model a ford had a inline four mm-hmm. four cylinder inline i'm gonna go off topic a little bit do you know of any inline eights yeah um there was one 1938 uh cadillac did it there we go inline eight was that one of the was there v8s around that time too or was that yeah one? there was yeah there was all right, I was just making sure. I didn't know if inline if this was first an eight before it turned into a V as well. But I know there was an inline six before there was a V six. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, let's break down inlines. Go ahead. Start. What is when you look at what is an identifiable characteristic of an inline engine as opposed to everything else? Uh, it's pretty simple. If you just look in your engine bay. And your engine's a straight line, either horizontally across your engine bay or longitudinally, then... That'll determine whether it's rear-wheel drive or front-wheel drive. Yeah. Um, But that means it's an inline. If your cylinders, if if your cylinders, if your spark plugs or your coil packs or whatever it be um, are in a straight line down the whole engine, then it's, you know, an inline. Uh, those are pretty easy to identify, really. It makes... Uh, intakes are a lot simpler, too, typically. Yeah. Um, they are almost always come out just... They just branch off into six points from the same exact line. So it's really easy to identify all six. That's how I... I, I mean, that's... If you just want to look at an engine, that's what I usually do, is I look at the intake... Or the intake manifold. See how many pipes are going up if the engine cover doesn't cover it. Uh, it's really it's just the most traditional design. It has a well it has a great balance of everything. It's very fairly reliable. Yeah. They're very reliable engines actually. It's a very practiced thought out design, you know. Um most of them are p- perfectly straight up and down, but not all of them are like that. Do you have any examples of engines that are in lines that are not perfectly straight up and down? Well, you see this a lot with uh foreign automakers, uh, BMWs, uh, some Mercedes even, like, you'll see it's an inline engine, but it's tilted to the side. And you're like, well, that looks a little bit weird. Most of them are even at like a 30 to 45 degree angle. Yeah. It's pretty intense. And that's and that's all for efficiency. Um, the more of an angle it is, the less uh, resistance there is from gravity and less friction, more efficiency, more power. More reliability as well. Yeah. More reliable, get more mileage It just out makes of it. sense because you have to do less direct 
fighting of gravity, and most people don't really think about gravity as being a force that would hinder your engine, but it does. Yeah. I mean, that's why we see some great results from those foreign automakers and their uh, tilted inlines. So, inline is a great baseline. I think that's what we're going to compare everything to. We're going to say, well, how does this stack up to an inline? Because it was the first... It's been around for forever. It's very reliable. A lot of great cars use it. SR20 is a great inline engine that everyone and their mother uses. 2JZ. 2JZ is another amazing inline engine that I would marry any day. You know, if I ran out of women in the world, I would just marry in 2JZ because I love them. <laughs> Anybody who knows what I'm doing for my Supra knows that I love 2JZs. Supra is going to be my drift car, for those of you who don't know that. Um and I think the next place to go is the most common engine there is to, out there right now. And that is the V. So why would you choose as an automaker to make a V6 as opposed to an inline 6? Well, space reasons. Um, a lot of automakers now keep the front end of their car shorter uh, inlines, inline sixes are usually heavier compared to V sixes, also, um, and because for, they're larger. Yeah, and for durability reasons, uh, just having both sides of your engines at an angle just makes it last longer. Really, we talked about that in the um, in the inlines. You know, if you put it at an angle, it lasts longer. The compact space, also, the pistons are literally closer to each other than an inline. In an inline, they have to be, you know, perfectly spaced out so that there's one piston in each spot. In a V, it's kind of staggered, so it's more like there's a half a piston. It's like one, and then across the way will be two, or sometimes they'll be right on top of each other. Actually, most of the time, they'll be right on top of each other, but they won't link in the same part of the crank right on top of each other because it yeah. doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, sister cylinders typically work across the lane in Vs. Which is something that in inlines, it's usually you skip one, and that's a sister cylinder. In um, Vs, it's usually the one across the way. So, something to keep note if you're looking for something. If you're looking specifically for a piston that's on the upstroke that's doing this, just remember sister cylinders are typically acro- typically across the lane from the machine, from the, from the other piston. So, there's less... Uh, it's typically more reliable. You get more torque usually out of a V6 because of that close cluster design. They're all right there. They're all just pumping straight away onto that um, the crank, and it just translates to better torque. Not always. Once again, that's a lot to do with uh, many, many other factors in building an engine, but we have seen a lot of killer V6s out there. Very, very fast V6 cars. Yeah. The GTR is a V6. Mean, 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 mean. Um, three fifty Z V six. Another mean car. Three, oh, I think V6s. Nissan just knows their V sixes. They used to rock the inline six. All the yeah, time. they know their inline six too. But they've kind of converted. That's sad, but it's okay. It's okay. I mean, it's not bad. It took me a little bit of of getting used to with the Skyline, but the Skyline works perfect with the V six. Well, I'm glad they don't call the GTR the Skyline because it's not a Skyline. Yeah. It's a GTR. Completely different. So, next one would be the W. 
W sixteen. We just talked about there being a W twelve. W twelve. Yep. Okay, Emmanuel. Why would you do this? Um, space reasons. Really, there's no place to put a V. You can't. I mean, a V sixteen has been done, but it's, it's not. So it's crazy. Long. It's big. It's, it's a big what edge. car did that? Volkswagen. Yeah. It's a Volkswagen and it's Narda or something it's like got that. Such a freaking long front end. Back end. Back end. Mid engine. <laughs> oh god. Mid engine. It is mid engine, isn't it? Jesus. Same with the Bugatti. Christ. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Bugatti is too, but it basically is a rear for all intents and purposes. Gross. They both drive like rear. Gross. Jesus, man. Jesus. That's so big. A V16. Okay. Just, just just, take your V8 out of your car. Stick another one behind it. Yeah. There you go. It's huge. God, that's huge. That's too big. W16. The whole reason you make a W is to save on space. You want 16 cylinders because 8 just isn't enough and 12 just isn't getting you quite 12 hard. is outplayed by the supercars. And so you said, screw that. I'm going to put 16 cylinders in there or whatever. And you can't do it in any reasonable sense, so you put a W in there. And it's literally like if you took an inline or if you took a V8 and then slapped an, slapped an inline 8 on top of it it's basically the idea so kind of it's kinda. like there's different piston arrangements but like in the Bugatti's case it's like if you took two V8s and then put them next to each other and rotate them to where the the inside two rows were like next to each other and then the outside two rows were uh, at an extreme outward angle extreme outward angle and then you slap on four turbos and four very call it a supercharged, call it a supercar and charge a million dollars for it. One point six million dollars. So they still it costs more to build it than they sold it for. Yeah, but they sold a lot of them, so it's okay. God, I'm not a big fan of the Bugatti. If you can't tell, <laughs> I love it. I would own one. Probably, maybe. If someone gave it to me, I would own one. <laughs> Let me put it that way. I wouldn't go out and buy one, yeah. if, even, even if I had the money. But If I had too much money that I know what to do with, then I would probably do it, just so I could modify it. it. And make it work. Modify it. Oh, man, that would be crazy. So, the next one is the Boxer Engine. Go ahead and break down... Okay, we're going to restart that. So the next one's a boxer engines. Um, really, Emmanuel, just go ahead and break down boxer engines. Where do you see them? Why do you build them? What do they do? Boxer engines, you see, the main producers are Subaru and Porsche. Um, mostly all, probably all of you already know this. Uh, Subaru and Toyota did a collaboration uh, making the FRS BRZ. Sex. Yeah, basically. Uh, two-liter, four-cylinder boxer engine. Um, what a boxer engine is, is your four cylinders, and but t- imagine them completely horizontal. 
two of them pointing to the left, two of them pointing to the right, and just the whole, I mean, the reason they do it is for balance, balance in the engine. Uh, it makes the whole car much more balanced, much more even. Um, also, resistance is cut down to very minimal, like because the cylinders are horizontal opposed to vertical, and there's no. There's there's a very very minimal gravity resistance in the up or down stroke. I mean, it's literally it's horizontal, so it's yeah. going in the opposite directions that gravity pulls. The left or right <laughs> stroke, <Yeah>. like <laughs> instead of up and down, it's perfectly left and right. It's pretty cool. Um, they are very 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 known for producing tons of torque for their size. Yeah, and that's all to do with that efficiency and balance. They're able to throw more at it and give it even... They're allowed to put it under more wear and tear situations because it goes under less wear and tear. Yeah. Um, Subaru mostly does four-cylinder boxer engines. Um, Porsche has a lot of six-cylinder boxer engines. Um, Which are so cool to look at, too. Yeah. Just Google it. Like, Google six... uh, Boxer six. But... they're very attractive engines to look at. I yeah. mean, just forget, just forget what they do. I mean, I would own a Boxer Six just to look at it. Just to say, it's a great design. It's very appealing and it's functional. You know. Yeah. I would take a Boxer Six over a V Six any day. Is what I'm saying, basically. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, Subaru does have a Boxer Six. They had in some of their SUVs overseas in Australia and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's a good engine. Uh, tons of torque made. It doesn't take a lot more of mods to make tons of power, you know? Turbo or supercharger, and you've got crap tons of power. Yeah. It's all that efficiency. And when we say it's drastically more efficient, we're not talking like 25%, 50% more efficient. We're talking like 1% from inline six to boxer. But that 1% makes such a huge difference. Like, in every. In the long run. Yeah, considering you, like, 70% of the energy is heat and that all of that's lost. You've got to squeeze everything you can out of your engine. And there's a reason that not every automaker does boxers. You know, you're like, well, Garrett, why don't they all just do boxers? One, they've already got molds for their other engines and they don't have the money to make other ones. They're expensive. Very expensive to produce. Two, right now, if you do own one, good luck getting parts for some of them. Really, you have to go to certified Subaru dealers pretty much to get registered parts for your uh, boxers. Not saying that they take completely different parts, but it is a different system. It does work a little bit differently, and it does need different different versions of specific parts. And it's just unfamiliar to a lot of people, too. I mean... I mean, have you ever looked at a boxer before? It's not like a V or an inline. You just open it up, and you're like, which end do I start from? Where do I go? You know what I mean? And it is what it is. It's no problem. You know, good mechanics, good people who work on their cars will get get over it. They'll they'll learn it. But it is different. And that's why a lot of people don't switch. If it ain't broke, don't fix it is their motto. Which is funny because a lot of people are adopting W's, which... Yeah. But... (laughs) All right, Emmanuel. I don't know anyone better to open us up on rotaries... You're pretty well versed in rotaries, correct? Yeah, rotaries are pretty cool. You're going to get another engine lesson. Take everything we said, and we're going to do all of the rotaries right now. All of the rotary engine right now. Take what you know about conventional up and down piston engines. 
just ball it up and throw it out the window. Because it's completely <laughs> different in a rotary. Yeah. The same three basic principles are there. Compression, ignition, exhaust. Everything else is different. Yeah. So, Emmanuel, do us the favor of getting us started on rotary engines. Your air molecule, little oxygen, O2 molecule, flies up to your intake valve. Well, imagine your cylinder, and I guess they still call them cylinders. It's, imagine an oval, okay? An oval shape, and then inside of that you have a triangle, but the edges of the triangle aren't straight. They're more outward, uh, circular, outward. Let me stop you for a second. I I know I said I was going to let you do this, but I just thought of, okay, I don't know if you guys... Have any of you have just graduated from math recently or whatever? But it's an imagine. Ah, there's there's a really good way to think about it. Imagine a fat triangle. Like you've got your standard triangle that's really straight. You know, if you put your hands together, it's like boom, perfect edges. Well, if it put on some weight and it gets a little curvier, it's still a triangle. It's got that triangle shape. You know, take your hands, put your thumbs together, and put your middle fingers together, and make you know, make uh, a triangle. And then just push down a little bit on the side and make it a little more circular and then do the same thing on the top. You can still see that triangle shape on the inside, but it's much more rounded on the edges. And then you have your your actual, I guess, what is technically the cylinder itself. Because you have the piston, which is that weird triangle shape. Yeah. The actual cylinder itself is also the same triangle shape or is it a circle? That's like an oval shape. It's, it's less triangular than the triangular thing is. It's more of like if you stretched it all out and just made an oval, basically, is what we're looking at. Yeah. Okay. So now that I just wanted to throw that analogy in there so that some people who don't have visual representations can get a little bit better of an idea. So uh, you can keep going. Sorry for interrupting. <laughs> um, and instead of the piston going up and down, it rotates around. The, the crankshaft goes down the middle of all the cylinders... Uh, and it, the triangle piston or the rotor it rotates around it making power it, it gets pretty intense so whenever you start whenever it starts the rotation whenever you crank your engine it is in the it, it can be in a lot of positions actually that's why it cranks but um, let's just say you start with the in the intake position so your engine cranks and it starts up and you're in the intake position so you have the triangle is open is the gases are open in that one section right so then it keeps sliding and then the intake valve is closed at this point the engine slides and it's a perfect seal so none of the gases escape from the rotor quote unquote perfect seal it's as good as they can make it yeah you know none of the gases can escape from that section on your rotor so you have two empty sections it's basically what you're looking at it rotates around compresses even more because of the shape of the Piston, the cylinder. or it's a cylinder, sorry, the shape of the cylinder, and then you have your spark go off, boom, explosion, that propels it around to the other side of the, the bottom of the uh, c- cylinder, and the exhaust valves open up, and all the ga- gases release, and then you've got this rotating, kind of wobbly looking, if you can find a GIF, a .GIF of a rotary engine, it'll make a lot more sense. But it's basically like this wobbly triangle going around, (laughs) carrying the gas with it, exploding, exhausting the gas, and just making another round, just flipping and flopping. 
You know? It's pretty cool. It's not like it's just sitting there and spinning. The cylinder, it's or the piston itself, the rotor, is actually moving... Up and down. ...inside and twisting. So it's like, boom, twist, boom, twist, boom, twist, boom. It's like rolling inside of the cylinder, and it's awesome. Whoever came up with that, I don't know his name. I'm Wankel. Sorry. Wankel? Yep. Brilliant. It was a brilliant idea. I would have never come up with something that abstract. Yeah, it's really cool. So, out of the box for sure. Let's go. Go ahead and tell me about the pros and the cons of a rotary engine. The pro horsepower for displacement. Rotaries are tiny. Um, the Mazda RX-7, the last generation they made, came with a 13B, which is literally translates to 1.3 liter. Uh, two-cylinder, and it made, you know, 240 horsepower with a twin-turbocharged engine. Just think about that. Two cylinders, 1.3 liters, 240 horsepower. That's 120 horsepower a cylinder. That's 120 horsepower points for point seven, seven liters. liters. Yeah. That's so much power. Efficiency. That's efficient. Well, power efficiency. Yeah. Now, let's go into the cons. Con is durability. Of course, everybody Jeez. complains about the rotary is not durable, it doesn't last, blah, blah, blah. It, you have to treat it like a race car, is basically how you have to treat your It's RMC. a race engine. It's a race engine. It. I mean, that's all I can see it being used for, really. I mean, there's no civil... I mean, gas mileage isn't terrible. It can get pretty bad. It's, it, what, like, what was it, 18 on the RX-7 13B? No, it was, I mean, it was a little bit better than that. 20? 20, 23. See, I mean, it's not terrible. It's not what you would associate with god-awful gas mileage. You know, yeah. It's a sports car. It's sporty gas mileage, you know, yeah. in that 20, 23 range. You know, it's not 32 like my Scion gets, but yeah. it's not any, like, 12 you get from a big diesel or something like that either, you know, or what, you know what I'm saying? Some big dually truck gasoline. It's not like you know, what you're going to get from that. Yeah. I love rotaries. That sound that they make, it just screams race car. Yeah. You open one up and it's you can just tell instantly. You open it up and you're like, wow, that was just made to be a race car. Now, if you drive it like a race car, expect to get an oil change at least once a month. Is that fair? I mean, I get my oil change basically once every two to three months. And that's just because I want to baby my car. But like, yeah. I've known people who've owned RX-8s, and the rougher you ride it, the more oil you're going to burn through, and you're going to need to get an oil change often. Yeah, that's because the apex seals, which is um, like the tips of the triangles for the rotor. The perfect seals that I was talking yeah, about? Yeah, those are called apex seals, and those those wear out really fast, as you can imagine. Um that's the main reason people don't like them is because the apex seals run out and then it's a pain in the ass to get them rep- like replaced and stuff but i mean that's just part of it if you're gonna own a rotary expect it you especially know? now that mazda has stopped producing rotaries sad day. which was very sad that happened two three years ago mm. maybe longer no like last year oh was it that's when they stopped making the rx8 i remember when, maybe it was they announced it like two years ago yeah I remember, I mean, like, I love the sound of the RX-8. I love the RX-7 even more. And, you know, I can remember people buying them. We had a girl at our high school who had an RX-8. Oh, yeah. And she she talked about how she had to change her oil all the time. You know, and how she had to put it in the shop a couple of times. And she loved it. She had tons of fun driving it. I would, too. But, you know, 
that's just come that's just comes with the territory. And that's really the whole reason that people that Mazda isn't making any more rotaries is because people their salesmen didn't do a good enough job conveying this is a sports car. If you think you're gonna buy a Nissan GTR and not have to get your oil changed in it, you're sorely mistaken if you run it like a madman. You know? If the rougher I mean That's with any car. It's with any car. The harder you drive it, the more you're gonna have to keep up with maintenance and stuff and unfortunately it's a lot easier to drive it hard in a rotary it's a lot easier and it's a lot more fun too yeah think i mean just the throttle response in itself you know i mean you wouldn't think it would be throttle response i mean that's an intake thing right garrett it matters it really matters in that rotary engine the faster that rotary engine starts spilling spilling spinning the more power it creates the more it's just it's a monster i love it i love the design and then there was that uh, four rotary. Four rotor, yeah. Oh, God, that car is fast, and it sounds amazing driving by. It's got this high-pitched whine that just, like, just screams, I'm a race car. Don't mess with me. I'll run you over at, like, 230 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you want to hear rotary, and it's a rotary racing engine in its finest, look up. Four rotor GS three hundred or look up Mad Mike's uh, RX seven. Um, both of those four rotor engines, uh, the GS three hundred's turbocharged and nitrous, so it has over a thousand horsepower. Jesus. Uh, Mad Mike's um, his new gen uh, RX seven. He's running the Rocket Bunny kit, and he just got a turbocharger. But for the past seasons, it's been naturally aspirated individual throttle bodies, and it screams like it's it's so nice. It sounds awesome. Does he have direct port out, or does he have an exhaust? It's straight pipe to the back. Straight pipe. Okay, I didn't know if he had. Cause some people run direct port, and that's pretty cool too. They just vent it off to the side. Basically, yeah, it's direct just port. Dump the headers. Yeah, pretty much. man. <laughs> There's. Do you, okay, so let me ask you something. Let's get let's go into which side do you stand on? If someone came up to you and said you can ha- have your choice of engine, what would you pick out of all of these? Hmm. If you were to build your custom Emmanuel car, and you know, forget chassis, forget all that. You know, you've already done all that stuff, and they're like, okay, now we just need to put an engine in it. What kind of engine do you want? You know, and we'll just make the bay fit. You know. Um, it's kind of a hard one. Um, I'll, I I won't even make you pick cylinders. I'll just make you pick the type of engine. I mean, I like inline V W boxer rotary. I like a lot of engines. Um, personally, if it's for my street car, if it's like my street go fast show off car, I would be picking an RB twenty six inline six inline big turbo on it you know it's just it's it's an oldie but it's a goodie it's a goodie i mean the durable mixed power conventional you know it's very nice easy to work on very and everything's right on top too yeah as far as the easy to work on thing you don't have to like go under well, i mean you do if you're working on the lower half of the engine but if you're just working on the top half you can some most of the time keep the engine in the bay and yeah. just bink, take the top off unlike some vehicles like 
Boxers and rotaries. <laughs> and yeah. rotaries. Boxers, you can't take off the top and just play with them. No. Man. Vs, you can, hard. unless they have crazy amounts of. Uh, or a crazy small bay or something like that. Yeah. So, inlines, that's a redeeming quality of inlines. If I were to build my custom engine, whatever, you got to think I'm not an engineist. I like many cars of many different engine types. Yeah. I've seen Vs that just make me drool. I've seen inlines. Like like I just told you, SR20 DET. I love that engine. Everybody loves that engine. Red Top? Do you know someone who's just like, God, that engine's garbage? Do you know anyone who's just like, man, that engine is just terrible. Why would you ever buy that? The haters. The haters. <laughs> but do they have any like legitimate, like, man, that engine's terrible because of this reason? No. No. It's This engine is terrible because everyone likes it. It's terrible because it's a four-cylinder. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Or the RB30. You know who hates on that engine? Haters. Haters. No one else hates on that engine for any, you know, like, legitimate efficiency. This would be better in a V6 reason, you know? if It's just, it, it's just how it is, you know? And if I had to pick, I mean, Rotary's... The maintenance is crazy, but if I was to pick my custom car, it would be a race car. If you knew me at all, you would know that oh, it's yeah. a race car. So if I'm going to be doing maintenance on it any day and every day anyways. So I would totally do a four rotary. Heck, I might even be crazy enough to try a six, you know? <laughs> I mean, been done. And it's, it's, it's terrifying. It's, it's been done. Six it sounds terrifying. crazy. I, I would totally do a six rotary. The maintenance would be insane. Insane! It would be ridiculous, but I don't care. It's a race car. That's the way I see it. Maintenance on my four cylinder is going to be intense, stupid. If I had a drag four, you know. Yeah. Rotary four is going to be just a little bit more. You're going to need to replace everything after every run, anyways, for the most part. You know, basically. That's the way I see it. A lot of people won't see it that way. This is something that you can't hate on and fight. Go, I mean, do it. I mean, really, like, I, I totally understand why you would pick a V or even a boxer. I love boxer engines. That's my second pick, if you're curious. Boxer is second for the same basic reasons. If I'm going for complete efficiency and power, I would do a boxer. It's awesome. It's so hard to work on, though. You can't, I mean, you have to take the engine out, basically. If, you, if something is wrong with the top of your engine, you have to take the whole engine out. Wow. Unless it's like spark plugs. And then you're good. <laughs> yeah. But like anything to do with cams or anything like that, valves, boop, whole engine comes out. So I, I'm i going to say rotaries. And if we have to pick one that already exists, I'm just going to go ahead and say I'm so impressed with a 13B, I would rock one in my car right now. Yeah. Would be cool. It would be cool. Could you imagine my little Scion having a 13 <laughs> in it? God, that thing would shred tires. It'd be funny. Funny? Yeah. Would you laugh at it? Yeah. It's just like you're going to laugh at the Taurus <laughs> with the V8. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, actually. It's not just cool, it's freaking amazing. It's that little car, and then you start it. Whap, 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 whap. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Didn't see like, that. <laughs> you drive up. It could be a sleeper. Oh, no, I want to do that. 
See, that's my weakness. I talk about cool stuff, and I'm like, blah, 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 cool things. And I'm like, now nah, I want to do it. I need, a, I need to get a really good job when I'm older. <laughs> you need a project car. That's what you need. I need a project car. I do. Which is why I'm looking for Prelude. Or an RX-7. Or a 240. Or a 240. Or a CRX. Or a, even a Protégé. I do a Protégé. Those are pretty hot. Protégé 5, specifically. Mazda. Any other ideas? Project cars? Hmm. No? Pretty much. V12 old Mercedes. An old V12 Mercedes? Yeah. How you about that life? Eh, no, <laughs> not at all. But I mean, I bet you I could get one pretty cheap. People hate like '90s V12 Mercedes. The definition of like Euro cars you are allowed to hate on. Speaking of Euro cars, if anybody has any way to find a 1973 Mercedes 280 SE, let me ask you something. I'm going to stop you. Is does it have to be a 1973, or can it be any in that generation? Same generation. Okay, same generation. It's the same generation. Some people will be like, "Nope, I have a 74, but I don't have a 73." Just uh, get in contact with me. I, I'm email, searching. His email is on the page. So if you have or know of someone who has a 1973, say that again. I missed it. 73 Mercedes Benz 280 SE. It's a sedan, super classy looking. I don't care with, about condition, you know, not really. Do you ever care about price? Uh, price, I do care about. And <laughs> please don't try to sell me the V8 because those are expensive. I want the standard engine in line because those are, I mean, just as pretty but without the expensive do engine. Do you have a price that you would be willing, like if someone said, hey, I'd buy the, I'd sell you to it for your price, what, what price would you give them? Um, If it's... If, just let's just say, I mean, and it'll go down based off. But let's say it's in typical '73 use condition, like seats maybe have some tearing on them. Engine runs, but it's not as good as it could be. It's got some knocking or something like that, you know? Mm, yeah, I'd say like forty five hundred for that condition, but um, I'd pay up to six if it's in good condition. I'm not looking for anything excellent condition. Or full restore job just done to it. Or anything like that, you know. I want to do that kind of stuff myself. So, we're talking okay to meh Okay to eh, but I don't want like... I don't want like engine missing. So, so it needs to run. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It it needs to be able to roll forward. Yeah. It doesn't need to be able to run beautifully. As long as it can get from point A to point B, like from, from the home to the shop. Without yeah, that's basically what I'd need. <laughs> if it can get from your place to mine, then that's fine. And if it can, if what what do you say about interior? Do you care if it's stripped? I mean, are you going to do that anyways? No, I'm not going to strip it. Um, if it has the stock interior pieces, if the dash is intact, that's the biggest the thing. The dash is intact. That's that's really what I'm looking for. If the dash is intact, the carpet I can replace. Because these are important details. So that seat you don't upholstery get, like, overflowed with people who just happen to have one that's in a junkyard. You know? Yeah. So, we're looking for a 73 with point A to point B that has the majority of the interior pieces intact, like seats and dash and stuff like that. Yeah. So, that's really Just the trim pieces that are hard to find. Mm -hmm. If those are intact, awesome. Flooring and ceiling can be replaced and all that stuff needs to be. So, if there's rips in that stuff, that's fine. It'll obviously cost you a little bit because we'll have to pay for it, but... 
So looking around forty five hundred dollars for that. I'll I'll pay up to six for um for a good condition. Yeah, good condition. Okay, because those aren't worth you know a ton. I mean, it's not exactly a highly sought after vehicle either. No, it's kind of difficult to turn around. They are hard to find. They are hard to find though. So if you know anyone, see one, drive by one when you go to work. Uh, drop email email drop Emmanuel a line on his email or you can voicemail the show uh, both are appreciated do you have any closing shout outs remarks questions polls anything um, I don't know just thanks to car and driver for the news stories um, yeah we had to do a little bit less traditional uh, news finding on our own and we had to kind of scrounge some up that's my fault um we had to reschedule the date for recording a couple times, and I didn't have time to write a show note. So, meh, it happened. We'll get over it. We'll live. I hope it was a good episode, though. Um, I enjoyed doing it. This was a lot of fun. I fun. like the new equipment. I hope it sounds great. And shout-outs. Uh, we, we had a couple questions for you guys. We already beat the crap out of the 73, so I'm not going to go on that anymore. We're looking for a new crew name. If you have any ideas, we've got four of us and anyone who's super cool in the Houston area that we can actually become friends with. If you're interested, drop me a line. This is one of the only episodes that I'll actually give you that offer on because there's eight people listening. So this is probably the tightest knit last time you'll ever hear me say this. If you're interested to hang out with us, email us, leave a voicemail, something like that. We can get together. We can talk. We can see because you got to be our you got to be our bro to be in the crew. That's just how it is. Roll up to meets together and shit like that. Yep. Cool. So, you got anything else? Nope. Shout out to good. my mom. She doesn't listen to these, but I love her anyways. <laughs> Anybody? Shout out to my parents for birthing me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for bringing me into this world. You've done it a great service. This podcast <laughs> wouldn't exist without me coming out of my mother's womb. And for that, we thank you. Yes. Salute. Hats off to you. Parents of the United States of America, specifically ours, that actually matter to us. Not saying your parents don't matter, but, you know, I mean, matter to me. And with that, that's another yeah. episode. <laughs> that's another episode of Redline Radio. Woo! Episode number three is done. And we came in at... One second. Oh, come on. we got to find something to talk about for five minutes. <laughs> Every episode has been an hour and 30 minutes long. Okay. Five minutes. Four minutes and 20 seconds. Six, 40 seconds. Jesus. <laughs> six, 40. So, what are we going to talk about next episode? Ooh. Why didn't we cover that? We've got to give people something tantalizing to look forward to. Why don't we get suggestions from our viewing public? Well, that's a great idea. What are things that you would like us to talk about? First things first, I'm the realist. What? I didn't do that. <laughs> no, um, we're gonna talk about we're gonna uh, we're gonna go over what we missed on the engine because I'm sure someone will be like, uh, "You totally forgot to talk about that." Because I I know there's something. We'll talk more about the crank. We'll talk more about efficiency. We'll talk more about. Uh, blah, 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 blah. We didn't talk about VTEC, yo. Oh, we didn't talk about VTEC. We'll talk about the computing of components of engines tomorrow or tomorrow. Jesus, next episode. Next episode. But, Budget Baller. We didn't do a Budget Baller segment this episode. No. There wasn't really... We didn't have any ammunition that was, you know, 
similar, you know, and that's halfly due to me not being able to plan this episode out efficiently, but. But what would you like us to talk about in Budget Baller? Because that's really your section. Yeah. We do that for you guys. We even do the newbie section. So if you guys don't care about engines, you don't care about intakes because you already know all that. Send in a request. Maybe we won't go front to back to the engine or the yeah. car. If we get a ton of requests, like Garrett, I don't understand transmissions. Emmanuel, I don't understand the rest of the drivetrain. We'll suck it up. Yeah. We'll crack down. We'll go over it. Study hard and teach you. We will teach you as we learn. Anything else you can ask us about, suspension, all that jazz, we can break it down for you hard. It's just transmissions. <sighs> yeah. That's always fun. By fun, he means freaking universally not fun. F-U-N. That is what I meant. That's exactly what he meant. (laughs) It's so important, too. It's so important to, I mean, literally. Without it, you wouldn't be going anywhere. You wouldn't be going anywhere. (laughs) (sighs) It's good to understand it. Maybe we can talk about drag car transmissions and then go home. (laughs) Those are so straightforward. Yeah. Single speed. <laughs> Clutch, one gear, you know. Fast. <laughs> yeah, there we go. And then we're done. That's it. We're like, all right, we talked about drag car transmissions, and then we're moving on. Good night. <laughs> uh, kind of like what we did earlier. We finished the news segment, and then we're like, and goodbye, everybody. The end. No. The end. Two minutes. We're doing great. Keep going. Um... We love you. <laughs> not in a weird, like, well. Kind of in a weird not, way. You know, I love you guys for listening. You're great. You you are the, you are my sun, which rises in the east, and my stars at night. When I'm sleeping in my bed, I dream of you caressing my body. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm totally running out of stuff to say. Um, you are the apple of my eye. You are the keys to my arpeggio, the Mozart to my masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, you are the pen to my paper. You are the gas to my oxygen, the compression or the intake to my exhaust. I don't know if that's a very good way to put it. <laughs> you were the intake to my bull crap is basically what I just said. Like, you were all the good stuff and I throw nothing but negativity at you. Do you feel like we're negative on this show? I don't get a negative vibe. No? I feel like we trash on a lot of stuff. Oh, we do trash on a lot of stuff. feel do, like we do like... We do hate on some do things. We do hate on some stuff sometimes. We kind of a beat the things. crap out of some stuff sometimes. Like Mainly Fords. Yeah, trucks in general. I mean, we didn't do a lot of that this episode, though. No. We were pretty straightforward. Like, And we always talk something good. You know, I, I made a big point. We're not truck guys, obviously. Yeah. So, if, you know, if we end up hating on trucks, we're going to try to get Richard back. And we're going to try to get his brother on... Why did I not talk about that? We may have not only Richard on the next episode, but his brother, who went to school to be a mechanic. He's got a degree. Two degrees, actually. One in mechanical engineering and one in automotive engineering. So Nice. Yeah. We're going to have a legitimate pro. Sorry, you got replaced. You know, you're the resident expert. He will be the non-residential expert. Yeah. 
Mr. Pro Guy. Mr. Pro Guy. Oh, he's so cool. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no, he's actually a really cool dude. Um, he, he'll be great addition to the show. It would be cool. He may be on for the whole thing. He may just be an extra. It really has yet to be decided. And with that, we're 30 seconds overdue. Crap. It happens. Dang it. Well... This is Redline Radio rambling on for the last five minutes of the show because we have nothing else to talk about. Episode three. Episode three. (laughs) And I've been coming up with clever names for the episodes, so maybe I'll call this one Random Bullcrap and Byproducts. No. No, I won't, actually. Episode three. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's (laughs) Episode three. The third episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Okay. So you know how in movies, the trilogy, the third one is always the best. You know, the first one's great. And then the second one comes out and it's always like, Ugh. and then the third one comes out and it's like, oh my God, it's amazing. Episode three. Yeah. That's exactly what this is. That's what happened here. That's what, this is the Holy Trinity. This the is like. First and second and third episode. Star Wars episode three of Redline Radio. Yeah, except for we're talking about, like, original Star Wars Episode 3, not, like... Not the actual not the, Episode Not, like, three. chronological third movie, but the third movie produced. Yeah. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I'm gonna show my nerd colors here. Don't, don't. That was one of the best ones. The remakes are... The, the, the quote-unquote prequels are great movies. Seven's about to come out. Oh, Yeah. And they're making a Boba Fett movie. For real? Yeah, and they've already Dumb. got an eighth one set out. What? Dumb. Ugh, oh. So bad. And the video game looked so good. And now it's not coming out anymore. And <laughs> I'm so sad. Uh, Star Wars, why? Poor Star Wars. Never been a huge Star Wars fan, but I, I mean, I like it. They're cool. It's cool. I mean, it's a part of movie history. And now we are doing a movie podcast and not a park our podcast. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you guys realize this, but we could literally talk about anything. I'm oh, uh, you know what? Screw it. We're two minutes behind, anyways. I'm thinking about starting another podcast, Manuel. I think we said this last episode. Yeah. If you wanna, if you wanna throw ideas at me, I'm interested. After we get past episode seven on this, I may want to do another one, so we can have two going on. Maybe not as quite as serious, but maybe another one that's just fun. Because I find myself in between these two week segments where I'm like, I want to do a podcast. I don't like sitting around and waiting. I'm like sitting here and I'm looking at these microphones and I'm going, podcast. Who knows? Maybe I'll do something boring like politics that I love and everyone else hates. Or maybe (laughs) I'll do something cool like movies or TV. I'll do a Game of Thrones podcast four seasons in. Freaking love that show. It's awesome. (laughs) Punching people in the guts and their entrails falling out. Don't put that bag on your head. It's degenerative to your health. Degenerative? Yeah, degenerative. It, it, could, it could potentially... Okay. He wasn't kidding. It's... it's Yeah. Take that off your head. Before you die. <laughs> that felt funny. Why are we still recording? All right. For real this time. Thank you for listening to episode three. I told you that we were going to live stream this episode last episode. But I lied to you, and now I'm going to pinky promise you that episode four will be video streamed. What? 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 what, what? Step back. Bombshell. Step back. Boom! That's the whole reason I was delaying all this. If you're still listening, 
you've proved that you are a devout listener. And you got to hear the bombshell. You got to hear the bombshell. Next episode will be live on Ustream under the channel Redline Radio, and you will get to see our faces in 1080p recording. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'll, I'll shave off 100 pounds before that. <laughs> now, you cu- now you guys are curious, because I said you, he had a great tan. So now you guys are like, what? Oh, I didn't. Dang it. That was in the other one. Dang it. I ruined everything. No. Oh, no. Okay. Now you guys are curious what we look like even more because I just said he had a great tan. (laughs) So come next episode and I'm going to put it on YouTube. What? Going to have a YouTube channel. Our last four. if, If all of the rest of the head explosions didn't get you. That one just did it. You guys were like, whoop, and your head just blew up all over your screen. Bombshell. Boom. Boxer shell. Car puns. And a six on the Nuremberg. Yeah. But you can't say that for the Ford, because it didn't explode. Ford on the Nuremberg. (laughs) (laughs) Same exact page. That's awesome. Yeah. Guys, it's going to be great. Live episodes. Legit. No one else saw that coming. Are you ready? I don't think you're ready. Well, you're going to have to find out because unfortunately, cue the outro music that I don't have. This is where I would go and it would be something like... (laughs) And then I would say something like, but unfortunately, another episode of Redline Radio is coming to an end. (laughs) It was great having you guys. We loved talking. Even in the end, it was still fun, even though we were just talking about random bullcrap. I don't know if it's because I like hearing myself talking to a microphone or... (laughs) (laughs) totally kidding or I think I just I like doing this I really enjoy doing this whole radio thing and it's so much fun and I couldn't do it without you guys and this is Garrett and I'm Emmanuel and we are signing out with Redline Radio for the first time for a very long 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 series of new and improved audio and soon to be video podcasts hope to see you guys at a show or something We're not done yet. Get back on the mic. What? Bombshell? You know what we forgot to talk about? What did we forget to talk about? Wickfest. We are going to Wickfest. Is it Wickfest or Wickfest? Because it's spelled with an I. It's spelled with an E. Is it? Weck? But it's a weak. Weck. Like we. You're weck. We like a... It has a little arrow, the little up arrow above oh, the E. Does it? Weak fest? Weak fest. Weak fest. Weak. Weak. Yeah, weak fest. fest. Is that because half the cars there sound like that? Weak. 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 <laughs> you know, I have, I have no idea, to be honest. <laughs> Ricey cars. <gasps> no. I'm just kidding. Actually, it's a huge hell of lush meat. Yeah, stance Slammed cars. And stance nation. Bag static. Everything. To do a awesome. test run of that, the second we have a camera... The neighborhood that I live in has a car show every Saturday. The second we have a camera that does sufficient video, we'll be out there for you guys. We'll be doing coverage of that. And if you like it, you bet we'll be at every single car show we can drive to. Second bombshell. For those of you guys who are still listening, holy crap, you guys are getting all of the information. (laughs) Man. See, if I had show notes, we would have gone all over this so that people wouldn't have missed it. But now we're rambling again, and most of them are probably gone. So, for real this time, 
I'm Garrett. And I'm Emmanuel. And this is Redline Radio. And we're out. Stop. Bye.